Working together to address a vexing safety problem. From the National Business Aviation Association, this is Flight Plan, brought to you by Varion, formerly ATP. I'm Rob Finfrock with your trusted source for the very latest business aviation news and information. Loss of control in flight, or LOCI, remains a significant safety concern for our industry. There is not a single segment of our nation's aviation community that isn't affected by it. And all of them, including business aviation, are working to tackle the problem. One way to address the risk of LOCI is through Upset Prevention and Recovery Training, or UPRT. How to recognize the factors that can lead to loss of control, and how to recover from an upset condition. My guests today are all working with each other and with representatives across the general aviation, BizAv, military, and airline communities to keep pilots flying safely. Paul B.J. Ransbury is CEO of Aviation Performance Solutions and chairman of the NBAA Safety Committee. Jim Hosey is president and co-founder of Aviation Safety Compliance, LLC, and a member of the Safety Committee's LOCI Working Group. But we'll begin with Amanda Ferraro, CEO of Aviation Safety Solutions and NBAA Safety Committee SMS Working Group Lead. I think we haven't done a really great job in our industry to really identify risk within operation. And, you know, we started safety management systems 20 years ago, but our industry has yet to evolve into predictive data. And when we start to look at data, not only what what is currently happening in the industry, so current data metrics from accident incident rate, but also what's going on in individual flight organizations, as well as the community-wide organizations, both regionally as well as nationally. We don't have a good data set to really tell us that risk, but we know based on current industry events and historical incident accident data, that loss of control in flight is a substantial and significant risk to operators and organizations. What are your thoughts, BJ, on why LOCI continues to be such a problem across our industry? The loss of control in flight threat is really a function of the way that pilots operate airplanes. It's also the way that they are trained, and it has nothing to do with the individual pilots themselves. It's part of the training system. So when we have a training system that only addresses about 10% of the all-attitude environment is where the airplane can go on any flight, we shouldn't be surprised if in a very rare event happens that puts them outside of the scope of their training that they have a very difficult time of recovering or even understanding what's going on to mitigate the problem. And I think to add to that, which makes it even worse, is very often the skills needed once an airplane upset is developed are counterintuitive to what how they would normally operate the airplane. The good news is that a robust upset prevention and recovery training program really should focus on never being there in the first place or increasing awareness, manual handling skills, prevention, improved monitoring for the crew to recognize what's going on early, making better decisions not to place them in harmful situations or potentially risky situations to avoid the potential outcome of an airplane upset leading potentially to a loss of control in flight event or a fatal accident. Yeah, I think a lot of times general aviation pilots don't really experience the envelope of being upside down or in a real bad, unusual attitude. They haven't gotten that training like military 
pilots do. And BGI and I are military pilots. We spend a good amount of our training upside down in an airplane. So you know what that envelope is all about. But even so, if pilots haven't been through that UPRT training in a while, have been upside down or aerobatics, that sort of thing, they forget the rote memory items that are critical to be able to get out of uh, loss of control in flight. Jim, how do the different approaches to UPRT, whether it be in-aircraft and SIM-based recognition and recovery training or ground instruction, complement each other in battling this problem? When I have conversations with, with my clients about UPRT, I always ask the question, what type of training have they, they gone through? And some believe that getting that training in a simulator is all they need. If you read the regulations, ICAO document 111 and others, it's recommended the three components of UPRT to go through, which is uh, ground training simulator and in the airplane. I feel that in the airplane is the best, obviously, because you get sensation of G-forces, peripheral vision that you can't get in a simulator. And obviously, going through ground school, you never get any of those items that you get in a simulator and or the airplane. There is no single solution to overcoming the threat of loss of control in flight. And so the mitigations that Jim talked about, the integration of academic training, on-aircraft training, simulator training, which has two flavors, non-type specific and type specific training, and improved capabilities in the simulator for the instructor all come together to provide a robust mitigation of the risk. So Each of them offers something on their own, but alone, they're not a full solution. So, for example, ground instruction is critical foundation for any type of practical training. It's really important for the pilots undergoing training, whether it's on aircraft in the simulator, to theoretically understand what's happening, often in areas of operation in the flight envelope that they have not been trained in before or have certainly never witness firsthand. And with that thorough background and academic understanding, they then can benefit from both simulator-based and in-aircraft training. So the important value of on-aircraft training or on-wing training is really largely associated with the human factor aspect of startle, surprise, and fear that needs to be mitigated. What we found was, is the pilots that went through on-aircraft training first could very easily transfer their skills into the simulator, which which indicated that that was a valid way to approach it. Interestingly, when we started in the simulator, then transferred over to the aircraft, we found that they were psychophysiologically incapacitated to get access to their skills that they had because of startle, surprise, and fear. So in that particular situation, if you want to be optimizing the value of training, it's important that on-aircraft training precedes simulator training for the reasons I talked about. Now, that said... There's a lot of value in simulator training as well. It's a representative environment of the control response, the environment the pilot operates in each day. It's not just single pilot upset training. They all work together as a crew. They can use their standard operating procedures and how they deal with a situation from a CRM standpoint. But at the end of the day, it's, it's not as valuable to do those individually as it is to do a program where they're all integrated together where one complements the other one where the benefits of one are optimized and limitations are minimized while as you go into the next device it's the other way around so an aircraft is deficient a simulator 
is very effective and robust. And all of that process is really in the hands of a certified and qualified instructor to be able to facilitate that learning, to isolate the transferable concepts and focus on what's going to help the pilot to be more effective in both of being aware of preventing and recovering from an airplane upset should it occur to not arrive in loss of control and flight. When we look at safety management systems and upset recovery training as part of mitigations to loss of control and flight, when we look at what the FAA is expecting for SMS and how it runs, what I would tell our industry is that they are looking for multiple mitigations across the board within the organization and what they call interfaces. And so when we are presented with a hazard, so in this case, it would be loss of control in flight. That's the hazard that we've identified. We need to look our, across our organization, both externally and internally, to come up with a mitigation plan that's not just single-handedly a one-set track. So when we look at the opportunity to be able to do ground training, simulator training, and then actual aircraft training for upset recovery, that provides a full circle mitigation strategy for safety management to try to reduce the risk down to as low as reasonably practical. And that's what you're trying to strive to do when it comes to SMS. When you have a hazard that's present, you're trying to come up with mitigation strategies to try to bring that risk down as low as possible. And so when we look across the spectrum, upset recovery training is critical on all facets when it comes to safety management systems. And we'll pick up on the role of SMS in this effort following a word from our sponsor. Take your aviation operations to new heights. Introducing Varion, formerly known as ATP, your ultimate partner in achieving maximum aircraft uptime. At Varion, we understand the challenges faced by everyone in aviation. Our industry-leading technology solutions revolutionize aircraft management, so there's no more waiting, no more wondering, and no more wasted effort. Get real-time visibility of your maintenance, inventory, operations, and regulatory data right at your fingertips with an easy-to-use system, backed by a team of experts with deep aviation knowledge offering 24-7, 365 support. After 50 years in the business, we have built a growing reputation for getting our customers more aircraft uptime. That's why thousands of aircraft operators worldwide have already discovered the power of Varion. Say goodbye to downtime and hello to increased efficiency and profitability. Visit Varion.com to learn more. Varion, let's get you more uptime. We're back now with Jim Hosey, BJ Ransbury, and Amanda Ferraro, and our discussion about approaches to prevent loss of control in flight. Amanda, before the break, you mentioned the role of safety management systems in preventing aircraft upsets. That's a subject right in your wheelhouse and Jim's as well. So how can flight operations incorporate UPRT as part of their SMS? When we look at risk in our own organizations and identifying those things, SMS is becoming predictive. For example, the airlines right now have vision AI cameras on the ramp and in the hangars. And those vision AI cameras are actually recording normal state as well as abnormal state operations on aircraft. And it's logging that data. If we in our own organizations were able to have software or an engine to be able to say, you've had all these events in FOQA and all these events that are pointing to potential areas of possible loss of control in flight, I would tell you that in organization today, we don't have that. But if we had that dashboard or if we had that predictive data coming back to say, we've had all these events 
we should be concerned about it, it is our highest risk, that would give us the tool set to be able to mitigate that and then to be able to have a full circle type mitigation strategy around the interfaces that the FAA is expecting for upset recovery. And I think circling back to your first question, that's a part of the strategy and why we don't actually have good mitigations today. Most organizations are singly tracking mitigations and they're not looking at it from a full spectrum. As an auditor consultant, one thing I look for with my clients is a product called Safety Risk Profile. That's a list of potential hazards and risks that they could potentially face. And when I don't see loss of control in flight on that list, I always bring that up with them. How come, based on the statistics, which is quite high concerning loss of control in flight, why isn't that on your document? And that leads into a conversation about loss of control in flight. The mitigation is UPRT or some sort of training. In my mind, in the world of SMS, that's a pretty important product to discuss. And speaking about flight operations approaches to UPRT, Jim, are single pilots more at risk to an aircraft upset than dual crews? Or is this more a matter of experience and training? That's an interesting question. Obviously, experience and training comes into play. So a single pilot flying their own airplane, whether it's private or for business, corporate, if they have experience in UPRT, they're certainly much better off. But if they don't, something like test saturation comes into play because if they get into an upset situation, it's very confusing. It's startling. Uh, The shock factor sets in. And they're more likely to have a problem with loss of control in flight than a two-pilot crew because you've got another set of eyes on the situation and suggestions on how to help. Obviously, even with a two-pilot crew, experience and training comes into play for UPRT. It's better if they've gone through that uh, to be able to counteract the issues that they would run into as I just mentioned, the shock factor, the event itself. But I I do believe that the single pilot is more susceptible to failing with a loss of control in flight than a dual pilot crew. And of course, UPRT is an important safety matter across all kinds of business aviation operations. BJ, can you tell us about how the NBAA Safety Committee is approaching this matter? At the MBAA Safety Committee, since 2016, there has been a dedicated loss of control and flight working group. And over those first formative years, they created a fantastic resource at mbaa.org slash LOCI. And if you go have a look at it, there's a lot of great different variations of resources all the way from industry guidance. In other words, corralling all the great guidance out of the industry in one spot. Also, training videos are available on there. There's education series. There's also mitigation training courses or providers that have been through a level of verification by the MBAA Safety Committee that are in compliance with existing regulations. So, for example, with ICAO and the FAA and other industry guidance. And I think one of the things that's really kind of neat, especially for you know the single pilot operators or private operators, they have the UPRT scholarships listed on there as well. So I think for somebody wanting to get started on getting educated on loss of control on flight and how to comprehend the entire magnitude of this particular risk, 
is really there's no better resource in my judgment than the mbaa.org slash LOCI. It's very well thought out and there's dedicated team members that are updating that year over year. BJ, as we've mentioned in this episode, LOCI is an issue that extends well beyond business aviation. But our industry has a significant voice in this conversation, and we can work with other segments of aviation to address this problem. As one example, your company recently hosted its latest UPRT Safety Summit that included presenters and attendees from the military, business aviation, general aviation, and the airlines. Historically, what we had done is focused on airline or air carrier operations or 135 operations, but we were feeling like the summit this year really need to have something for everybody. So we created different tracks. We still included the air carrier track, corporate executive uh, and uh, business. Also, we included general aviation and instructor, and then also SMS and safety auditor considerations, just because of the current concern of safety management system implementation, not only around the world, but with the upcoming part five SMS. Please tell us more about how one carrier in particular is using data monitoring and FOQA, a flight operation quality assurance program, to address LOCI. Delta Airlines presented data much like what uh, Amanda was talking about with FOQA data. Delta Airlines did a five-year study over five million flights, having a look at the precursor airplane upset conditions and how they diminished since pre-upset prevention and recovery training till five years later after implementing it. So the exciting part about that is that they found a 50% reduction in precursor airplane upset conditions, which is pretty powerful story to say that through the training they implemented is they were able to reduce the even exposure of the crews to a potential airplane upset event by their robust mitigation. So in addition to upset prevention recovery training, very close look at the FOQA data, having a look at operational areas that were higher risk, for example, the 767 fleet in going from flaps one to flaps up on heavy configurations was an area of concern. So they looked at it, they changed that. The stall warning they were seeing was happening more on the A350 fleet than any other Airbus fleets. So they changed that. So the great news about the FOQA analysis is not only are you able to measure the effectiveness of an implementation of a, you know, of a mitigation like upset prevention or recovery training, but it can actually lead you to make changes that further increase safety. So really hats off the Delta Airlines for doing that, demonstrating that a robustly implemented upset prevention or recovery training program is not just checking a box, but it can have a very massive impact on safety. And I think one of the areas in business aviation is the use of FOQA data, is knowing what to look for for their precursor risk areas when it comes to an airplane upset, which is a precursor condition to loss of control, to be able to understand A, that they have a problem and B, what to do to implement a solution to mitigate that. So it's really exciting time. And I think what business aviation can do is implement even more robust training than even the air carriers where they're really limited to the regulatory requirement of academic and on uh, or in simulator training. And I think that business aviation, especially the corporate executive 135 operators are able to take maybe a deeper dive on it to truly get more aggressive about a real time, more effective implementation, and then continuing with that in the long term through recurrent training. Reiterating what BJ said, Amanda, that really demonstrates the value of data monitoring in flight operations, but also, and in particular, the importance of sharing that data to help make a difference across the industry. 
Absolutely. It's really full circle. And I think the, the biggest takeaways for our industry is as technology increases and we, we are able to have more in-time real data coming off the airplane, taking those lessons learned and the data and pushing that back into the training programs and asking more from our from our industry that's doing training. I think it's really important that we as an industry can really grasp and understand from a safety perspective what the data is telling us and then how to mitigate that specifically. So as that data gets better, I expect that training will get better, scenarios will get better, and it's full circle. And it's going to encompass not just business aviation, but it's going to encompass students that are starting out doing flight training in aircraft that we start training them in upset recovery and identifying what is it that leads to upset recovery? What are those markers? And then how do we mitigate that or how do we recognize that real time in the airplane? And then how do we roll that back into training moving forward? So I think it's really exciting. We have some really, really exciting times coming up. I remember back in the early 2000s when we were transitioning all to glass cockpit, I think we're getting set for another revolution, but this revolution is going to be different. This one is going to be one based on predictive data and trying to push that back into training and how can we make that better and how can we move forward so that we can reduce the loss of control in flight events. Jim? I definitely agree with Amanda. However, on the, the student level, one of the issues is the type of airplane that they're being trained on. If they can get into a simulator and practice upset prevention or recovery training, that's that's great. But sometimes they obviously can't do that in the initial start of their training. I want to go back to what BJ said on the MBAA Safety Committee and lots of control and flight working group. I am on that working group, and my part of that is to evaluate the NBAA website for loss of control and flight. Is it up to date? Does there need to be changes? And I'm looking at that very heavily as far as getting the message out currently on what are the things to expect why is it a good idea to go through UPRT and get that experience and training so that in the event that something like that actually happens in the airplane, the pilots will be prepared. As far as the broader issue is concerned, the more we talk about it, the more it becomes a standard or a best practice. I think it's good for everybody, not only the airlines, obviously, but for business, general aviation, corporate flyers. We continually have to get the word out so that people will lose that image that Big Brother is looking over their shoulder with FOQA or FDM and get down to the brass tacks where they they get that data, that empirical data that's going to show what events that have happened that can be mitigated. When I'm with my clients, I always talk about that. I talk about FOQA, FDM, and what the real benefits of those programs are in their flight department. So we've been getting the word out about UPRT for some time, but it's like anything. We need to keep stressing it. It's a a communication aspect of safety promotion is one one of the uh, components of a solid SMS. And we need to keep talking about that, advertising it, and share the benefits of what UPRT can offer. 
I think what's most important, especially for those operators that have FDM or FOQA data, is to really not just take a look at the individual reports or the monthly snapshot or maybe the quarterly snapshot. What needs to happen is when it comes to predictive data, they need to start with the very first day that FOQA was on the airplane to the current day and take a swath of that data. And what they should be looking for within that data is unusual type events within the flight realm. One could be potentially bank angle, excessive vertical speed, control movements that are abrupt, throttle positions that are changing that could signify a response that maybe it was an emergency or control problem. Looking at the environmental data, so weather inputs like wind shear and turbulence, unusual attitudes and altitudes, manual overrides where a pilot might be kicking off the autopilot and switching between automation and manual mode. So when you look at all those parameters on your FOQA data and you start from that very first day that FOQA started tracking, that's going to give you that big snapshot across the board of data in a large set. And that's going to give you the, the identifiers and the markers for potential predictive data pushing back into your SMS and then identifying the hazard of loss of control in flight. Once more, the link to NBAA's resource on preventing loss of control in flight is nbaa.org forward slash LOCI. And I also encourage you to check out the free 2023 UPRT Safety Summit sessions that BJ mentioned. Search for the summit on LinkedIn and they'll be right at the top of the results. And that's the latest from the National Business Aviation Association. Remember, you can subscribe to all Flight Plan episodes at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, including by asking your virtual assistant or connected device. Of course, you can also download Flight Plan directly from nbaa.org. I'm Rob Finfrock. Thanks for listening, and be sure to join us next time for a new episode of Flight Plan. Wow, right, Sending out a 3500. All right, we got him inside. We're still in fact 170.